Zero hours. Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! This is Zero Hours Presents History for Her. This episode is called The Secret Annex. It's probably one of the most famous stories to come out of the Second World War. We'll be talking about Anne Frank, her fellow occupants of the Secret Annex, and the people who helped to keep them hidden. Now, there is sometimes confusion about people's names uh, in this story, and this is because there was a call out on Dutch radio for people to document their war experiences to send into them after the war was over. Anne began to edit her diary for this purpose, giving everyone bar her own family pseudonyms. Throughout this episode, I'll be using people's real names, but I will mention their pseudonyms that Anne given them. The Frank family consisted of Otto Frank, Edith Frank Hollander, Margot Frank and Anne Frank. Otto and Edith were married in 1925, when Otto was 36 and Edith was 25. Otto, originally from Frankfurt, was described as quiet and calm, and Edith from Aachen was reserved but kind and well-read. A year later, on the 16th of February 1926, Margot was born. Anne describes her as the prettiest, sweetest, most beautiful girl in the world. And Meep Hayes, one of the helpers, said she was introspective, quiet and had remarkably high grades at school. She was intelligent and athletic, enjoying swimming and rowing. And then, on the 12th of June 1929, Anne joins the family. Anne was chatty, a social butterfly, curious and inquisitive. Both Otto and Edith came from quite well-to-do families. Otto's family owned the bank house Michael Frank, and Edith's family had a successful business dealing in iron, scrap metal, machines, components, rags and paper. Otto fought for Germany during the First World War, rising to the rank of lieutenant. However, once the Nazis came to power in 1933, things started to become quite difficult for Jewish families in Germany, so the family relocated to Amsterdam in the Netherlands when Margot was seven and Anne was four. Otto became the managing director of the Dutch branch of Apecta, a German pectin and spice company. The products were used in the making of jam. And although they didn't know it at the time, fellow employees at Apecta were to become incredibly important in caring for their friends in hiding. These people included... Johannes Kleiman, Mr. Kufis in the diary, who had met Otto in the late 1920s when the Dutch branch of the Frank family bank was set up in Amsterdam. The bank was to go bankrupt in 1932. Kleiman was Dutch and Anne said that when Mr. Kleiman enters a room, the sun begins to shine. He was the one to suggest to Otto Frank that the secret annex might be a good hiding place for he and his family, since it had both a kitchen and a toilet so it could be self-contained. He was peaceful and trustworthy, but often had trouble with his stomach, suffering from terrible stomach ulcers. Victor Kugler, who was Mr Crailer in the diary, was born in Austria-Hungary, modern-day Czech Republic, and he came to work for Apecta in 1933. He'd worked in a bakery and this had put him in touch with Apecta. He was in charge of the company's orders. He was formal, calm, modest, loved birdwatching, motorcycling and photography, winning prizes in competitions. He was the one to suggest um, installing a bookcase in front of the door leading up to the secret annex because he was afraid that Nazis might come and look for hidden bicycles. Beth Voskel, who is Ellie Vossen in the diary, she was born in Amsterdam and she says that she is not what you call a woman of the world. She began working at Apecta in 1937 and at 18 she is the youngest employee there. 
Initially, she performs a variety of administrative tasks, but later becomes a secretary in the sales department, sharing an office with Meet Hayes, who is ten years older than she is. Otto gives her unemployed father, Johannes Voskel, a job as the warehouse supervisor, and he is the one who builds the famous bookcase which obscures the entry to the secret annex. For the two years they're in hiding, Bette helped Meet to do the shopping for the occupants of the secret annex. She was responsible for milk and bread and other household supplies, such as cleaning products and clothing. Her sister sometimes sews garments for the secret annex without knowing who they're for. When Anne is near to filling up her diary, she asks Bep to get her a new one. Another one of Bep's sisters, who works for a pharmaceutical firm, provides Bep with medicines, again not knowing who they're for. Bep uses her name to sign up for correspondence courses for the children of the annex in stenography and in Latin. And lastly, there is Meep Hayes and her husband, Jan, who are Meep and Henk van Santen in the diary. Meep was born in Vienna, Austria, being sent to a foster family in Amsterdam in 1920, age 11, for three months, as food shortages both during and following the First World War left her undernourished with soft teeth. Doctors told her parents that if they didn't do something, then she would die. She loved the Netherlands and never returned to Vienna, as was originally planned. Although she was christened Hermine, her foster family called her Meep, which is a common Dutch pet name. In October 1933, she begins to work for a pector, covering for a Miss Heel who was off sick, and who it transpired was a member of the NSB, which is the Dutch Nazi party, and she was actually quite outspoken in her views. One day, Meep challenged her on this, reminding her that Otto, their boss, was Jewish. She replied, but Mr Frank's a gentleman. She was doing that typical things that racists do. I don't hate you, just your friends and family. Uh, she returned to Apecta for a time, did Miss Heal, but then, after a while, she failed to turn up to work for several days and a doctor's note followed, saying that she needed time off due to mental illness. She never returned and the business never inquired into the improvement of her health. Meep spent the first two weeks working at Apecta in the kitchen making jam, which at the time seemed strange as she'd been hired for an administrative job. However, all became clear when, in her third week, she was assigned to the job of complaints department. Having made all the mistakes that he could make with the product they were selling, she was in a good position to deal with complaints. She goes on to be assigned bookkeeping and typing roles and shares an office with Bette Voskel and Joe Kleiman. When everyone goes into hiding, Meep is responsible for providing meat and vegetables, while her husband Jan, a Dutchman, was involved in the resistance and was able to pick up ration cards for the occupants of the secret annex who had been stripped of theirs the moment they went missing. Jan works as a social worker and this made him useful to the resistance as it gave him reason to be constantly travelling around the city carrying packages and such. He never told anyone about his resistance work but it's believed that he was involved in finding safe houses for Jews in hiding. In 1937, the Van Pels family moved to Amsterdam. Herman, Auguste and Peter who in the diary are Herman, Petronella and Peter Van Dam. Despite the family having been born and raised in Germany, Herman's paternal family were Dutch, giving them all Dutch citizenship. Herman had a background as a butcher, but he went into the spice trade and that's how he ended up working for a pector. Meep Hayes said that with one sniff of his nose he could name any spice. He was described as a big man, very outgoing and always had a moment for a joke. Auguste married Herman on her 25th birthday, which in my mind is a rubbish birthday present. You can have me for the rest of your life, uh, but each to their own. 
A year later, their son Peter was born and she was a housewife taking care of him. She was described as coquettish, very talkative, fashionable and up for a laugh. Peter was born on the 8th of November 1926 and he was by all accounts a quiet and shy person. He often confides to Anne that he feels stupid compared to them. He was very good with his hands setting up a carpentry workshop in the attic of the annex. He trained in upholstery and according to one of his school friends he was one of the best soccer players. Margot and Anne both studied at the Montessori school and in 1941 they were sent to the Jewish secondary school as Jewish students were no longer allowed to attend public school. Jewish teachers had been fired from their posts at schools and sent to teach at the Jewish schools also. Anne was a good student in everything except for maths. She was also very chatty which was allowed at the Montessori school but not so at the secondary school. Her maths teacher, a Mr Kepter, as a punishment for being talkative, made her write an essay entitled A Chatterbox. When that didn't work, an essay called An Incurable Chatterbox. And finally, when that didn't work, an essay called Quack Quack Quack, says Mrs Natterbeek. She got her own back on him, though, by writing a poem with the help of her friend, Sam Lederman, about a mother duck, a father swan, and three baby ducklings who were bitten to death by their father for talking too much. The poem was very popular, and she didn't receive this punishment again. At school, Anne was best friends with Hannah Pick Gosler, who in the diary is Lise Goosens, uh, with whom she would play in the Apector offices. The best game being calling from room to room using the telephones. She's also friends with San Lederman, who is San Outman in the diary. But by the time she began writing her diary, she felt she'd become distanced a bit from them both, as Hannah was friends with someone else and San had gone to a different school. So her new best friend was Jacqueline Van Marsen, who is Joe Pideval in the diary. Jacqueline's mother was a French Catholic who had converted to Judaism in order to marry Jacqueline's father. While the children were recognised in France as being Jewish, they weren't in the Netherlands, as the Jewish community was more orthodox and much less liberal. You needed to have a Jewish mother in order to be considered Jewish. Jacqueline's father fought hard for her and her sister to be recognised as Jewish, achieving this in 1938, which some might say was rather short-sighted. Jacqueline said it wasn't always easy being Anne's friend. She was very demanding and quickly jealous, but Anne somehow managed to turn everything into a party. Never have I met anyone who enjoyed life with as much gusto as she did. I basked in the warmth of her affection and did my very best to return her friendship in kind. Anne who was very curious, wrote in her diary about a sleepover they had. I proposed to Jack that we should feel each other's breasts as proof of our friendship. Jack refused. This upset Anne, so Jacqueline appeased her by letting Anne give her a peck on the cheek. In 1938, Meet Pays reports to the aliens department to renew her visa, as she'd done every year since moving to the Netherlands in 1920. On this occasion, however, she was told to report to the German consulate, where her passport was taken away and she was issued with a German passport, which had a swastika stamped on it. Germany had invaded and annexed Austria on the 12th of March 1938, and as such, she was now considered to be German. A few weeks later, a woman turned up to her house, asking her to join the Nazi girls' club, and unsurprisingly, she declined. The Nazis invaded the Netherlands on the 10th of May 1940. The Netherlands were neutral in the war, as they had been during the First World War. No one was expecting the invasion. It all happened very quickly. Queen Wilhelmina fled to London to lead the government in exile on the 13th of May 1940, often addressing her people over the radio, becoming a symbol of the resistance. But aside from that, initially very little changed for the average person in occupied Netherlands. This was because the Nazis were hoping to win the hearts and minds of the Dutch people who they viewed to be the same as them 
as opposed to the people of Poland who they believed were inferior and that's why they were treated horribly. But slowly and surely, anti-Jewish measures started being put in place in the Netherlands. In late 1940, Jews had to register with the authorities and had their ID card stamped with a large black J at the cost of one Dutch guilder. They had their radios confiscated and were banned from hotels, restaurants, recreational facilities such as swimming pools. In mid to late 1941, the Nazis deported 600 Jewish men to Mauthausen in retaliation for an attack at a Jewish-owned ice cream parlour and in 1942 Jews were required to wear the Star of David on their clothes, purchased at their own expense using one clothing ration coupon and four cents. In an act of solidarity, some Dutch people began wearing yellow flowers. Jews couldn't use public transport, they weren't allowed out of the house between 8pm and 6am, and even in their own gardens. They had to transfer all of their money into Lippmann, Rosenthal and Company Bank, where there were restrictions upon how much of their money they could use. Jews were no longer allowed to socialise with non-Jews or marry them, sit on public benches, on pigeons, and were only allowed to go to certain shops in a specific time window. Eventually, all Jews had to hand in their bicycles, in good working order at their own expense, of course, which made it very difficult for people to get around. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. On the 25th of February 1941, there was a general strike, organised by the Communist Party of the Netherlands in defence of persecuted Jews. The first to strike were the tram drivers, followed by shops, schools, dock workers, sanitation crews, office and restaurants. In total, 300,000 people were involved. By the 27th of February, it had been suppressed, but it was considered to be the first public protest against the Nazis in occupied Europe, and the only mass protest against the deportation of Jews organised by non-Jews. Just after the February strike, Meep received a summons to the German consulate because she declined to join the Nazi girls' club. Her passport was being invalidated, and she had to return to Vienna within three months. Naturally, she didn't want to, so she sought advice from the aliens department, who suggested that she marry a Dutchman. Luckily, she already had one of those, but in order to do this, she would need a copy of her birth certificate from Vienna. After much toing and froing from her uncle Anton, she was able to obtain a copy of her birth certificate. However, when it came to making the appointment for the marriage at City Hall, they found out she would have to present her passport, which of course had a big black cross of invalidation on it. They'd have to hope that the official performing the marriage would be sympathetic to them. Around this time, Time, she and Jan had taken lodgings with a Jewish lady called Mrs. Stoppelman, who is now living alone. The reason Mrs. Stoppelman was living alone was that her daughter had fled with her family to the docks to get on a boat to England. Mr. Stoppelman hadn't had chance to say goodbye, so he headed to the docks to find her, but the boat had left for England with him on it. His daughter hadn't made it to the boat, but he was now stuck in England, and Mrs. Stoppelman didn't want to face the occupation alone. On the 16th of July 1941, Meep and Jan G's get married, luckily without a problem, making her her a Dutch citizen. Bep Voskel, Mr and Mrs Van Pels, Victor Kugler, Otto Frank and Anne Frank attended. Edith stayed at home with Margot and her mother, Mrs Hollander, who were both unwell. A lot of the Nazi edicts that were coming out at the time were aimed at restricting Jewish employment and aimed to force them out of certain positions. In order to prevent this from affecting a pector, on the 18th of December 1941, Otto Frank resigned as the managing director with Johannes Kleiman taking his place. Jan Gies was to become the director of the sister company Pecticon and Victor Kugler became the managing director. Otto stayed on in an advisory role, but in reality nothing changed other than names on paperwork. On the 28th of January 1942, Edith's mother died. Both Anne and Margot had been very fond of her and it hit them very hard. 
It was dealt with as a quiet family matter and in hindsight may have been best that she died when she did. In the spring of 1942, Otto Kolbmeep into his private office. He confided that he and Herman Van Pels were planning to take their families into hiding and asked if she would be willing to help. She of course said yes. He swore her to secrecy that only other person that knew was Joe Kleiman. Not even Anne or Margot knew yet. They'd been planning on it for about a year slowly moving supplies into the attic rooms. Over the next few months, Herman Van Pels began taking meat with him whenever he went to the butchers. She didn't understand why until they went into hiding. The butcher had got a good look at her face and recognised her when she went to get meat to help them. On Friday the 12th of June, 1942, Anne Frank turned 13 years old and was given an orange tartan diary along with books, sweets, flowers, a brooch and camera obscura, which was a party game. She had her birthday the following Sunday afternoon, setting out the chairs in the living room in front of the projector screen to look a real movie theatre because at the time Jews weren't allowed to go to the cinema. And with her best friend Jacqueline, she took great care over the seating arrangements. They began with a shot, an advertisement for a pector showing meat cheese in a small kitchen making jam. And then they watched The Lighthouse Keeper with Rin Tin Tin. Thus ends the first episode, but come back for part two.